You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to episode 69 of the Racing Virginia Podcast. I'm Dave C. He's Brandon Brown. He is. Yeah. Not the driver. Not the driver. The social media guru. Man, we got a, a great show today, Brandon. And by the way, we can't thank everybody enough that that uh, clicked that play button uh, on the website. That's racingvirginia.com. Um, driven by hoosierdriver.org. <laughs> Want to make sure we get our sponsors get, in there. Getting it all in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, we can't thank them enough for uh, doing that. By the way, I want to congratulate you. Great social media content promoting the the, the podcast. Um, that was amazing. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Um, YouTube uh, tutorials had a lot to do they, with They're with great, that. aren't they? Yeah, they're fan, fantastic. You can man. learn how to do just about <laughs> anything with YouTube. Like, um and I'm just going to go out on a limb, like uh, Photoshop, After Effects, mm-hmm. Illustrator. As long yeah. as, you know, I, I told somebody once, I said, look, I think I'm going to go to a community college, take some, you know, courses on this. Yeah. This guy goes, you're an idiot. I went, what do you mean? Because this guy is really good. He's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. He goes, YouTube has everything for free. Not to, not to mention Adobe. If yeah. you subscribe to Adobe, they have a ton of videos. Yeah, lots to learn. of stuff. And uh, I I came across uh, um, the the After Effects one, which is really you know easy once you get yeah. the hang of it. But well, th- this particular thing we're doing is easy. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah After yeah, Effects okay. itself. It's not easy. <laughs> I will tell you, it's not easy. Uh, we got a great show. We're going to talk to uh, Tyler Crossno. Uh, he is the vice president of Virginia Motorsports Park. Uh, then we're going to talk to. Uh, Kathy Rice, my friend Kathy Rice, at uh, general manager of South Boston Speedway. She's also going to have her um, public relations director on with her, Joe Chandler. Uh, they just put out another um, press release saying that they're still holding off. Um, they're not going to race without mm-hmm. fans. So we're going to talk to her and how she's dealing with this. Hey, before we give you the rest of the lineup for today's show, this is the week, Martinsville. Martinsville. Blue, uh. Blue Emu 500, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. under the lights. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. You know, I just realized something. It's not going to start under the lights. No, not quite. Because it doesn't yeah. it don't really start getting dark till about, like, 9.15-ish. Yeah. No, you, you think the green flag's probably going to be, like, right after 7.30. Yeah. And uh, you're gonna have about it's it's gonna be like the uh, you know the Bristol yeah. night race, yep. the Richmond night night races. Yeah. It that, always uh, starts a little bit in, in the in the twilight. In the twilight, and then uh, which is which is fun because that track's gonna change a lot. Yeah, that temperature's uh, gonna come down. Absolutely, lots I think. Of we, and, and like we talked, the uh, new um, downforce package. I think yeah. it's gonna uh, bring a lot. Then we're gonna talk to Chris Humlet. Uh, he is a uh, Virginia native, currently living in Greenville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he moved to state south of us but yeah. uh, uh he is the 2019 dominion raceway modified track champion uh he won picked up where he left off last year. i mean he had seven wins last year impressive his dad had two wins he had nine wins between the two of them only four other people won <laughs> <laughs> that's it four they, they missed out on yeah. four races last year in dominion quite but the percentage gonna, but we're going to talk to chris humlet and then we're going to talk to uh uh cory allman at appomattox virginia he is uh, a regular at Virginia Motor Speedway normally, but uh, picked up his first win uh, at Elkins Raceway in West Virginia uh, last week. I, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know where you. I know where you know that is. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then we're gonna. I think we're gonna end the show with a really good interview. Uh, Bill Mullis, owner of Larry King Law's Langley Speedway. 
Sounds good to me. That should That's a be, lot of stuff. That, uh, as, as always, uh, I overbooked. <laughs> That's okay. You just, you just wanted to make me do more of those graphics. Well, it's not, it's not that, you know, you start contacting people last yeah. week and then next thing you know, they don't, they don't uh, get up with you until today. And yeah. You're like, uh, okay, we can fix it. Yeah, you. sure. We will talk to you. And you know what? Our boss, Brent Gamble. Yeah. He liked that we had a really long show last he, week. He, he said did. that is a podcast. Yeah, thing. yeah, full so, full radio, so, and he would and, know radio working yeah. from for and, serious. And, and for so, so we're long. so we're just making him happy. Yeah, you know? we're making yeah. our boss happy. I'm fine with that. Um, let's, uh, you know, I think we're gonna we'll we'll go to where are we going? I think we're gonna uh, well we talk Tyler Crossnome. We're gonna yeah. need uh, you know what I need to look up seven three one. Wonder where he's originally from. We'll find out. And, of course, as we told you, we're going to go to the uh, HoosierDriver.org hotline. There you go. And we're going to talk to our first guest. And uh, he is the vice president of Virginia Motorsports Park. They held a test and tune and a big money bracket race before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. And then this past weekend, they had their first VP Racing Fuels ET bracket shootout. Of course, he is Tyler Crossnow. How are you doing, Tyler? Hey, guys. How are y'all? Doing great, man. Um, first of all, man... Uh, this is unprecedented times. Unfortunately, we lost the NHRA event at uh, VMP because of this stuff, which I hate. It makes me hate coronavirus even more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I will take oh, yeah. nitro over coronavirus 10 times out of 10. Oh, yeah. A little smell of nitro? Yeah, hell yeah. And then, of course, we've, we've had no racing. And unfortunately, you guys, yes, you held your first VMP Racing Fields ET bracket shootout, but uh, no fans. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Tell, t- tell, a, yeah, tell us how you're you're dealing with this. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's crazy. We all kind of sit back and in, in, in the drag racing side of the world, we're like, you know, don't we don't we have like the the most corrupted fuels and everything on the planet? <laughs> Shouldn't our sport be able to? Should we be helping this matter? <laughs> but, um, but like you said, we we ran two events um, in March. Uh, as we were finishing the the second event on St. Patrick's Day weekend, the the country was shutting down. Mm. That that was the very beginning of that. Um, we were getting calls during that event asking why we were still racing and why were we not shutting down. Um, so that was that was like a crazy way for us to end the. I, it's funny to end the year in March, <laughs> but, but, but um. But then we, we went down and, and really we kind of went into like facility update mode. Um, a couple of small jobs that we had yeah. that were not huge money costing effective jobs, but just time consuming. And and we went into that mode as far as the facility goes, um, keeping the grass cut, updating small things, and, and then just sitting back going, okay, what's the way, how is this thing going to come back? And that's been the biggest thing that that everybody's questioned, that we've all questioned, is, okay, when we are able to start back with motorsports, what does it look like? Um, you know, a month ago, we're all sitting here going, dang, we're all going to have to be outside with a mask on, and trailers going to have to be 20 foot apart, and how in the world are we going to be able to make this work? And as things have evolved, have other as other states have opened and improved, Certain things have worked, certain things have not. Um, we've really been able to take that into our account and say, okay, mm-hmm. this works for the state of North Carolina. Let's do that. 
that didn't work for the state of Oklahoma, let's not do that. Right. And, and that's how we kind of opened this past weekend. Um, we had private testing through the week, which was which is kind of a good way for us to slowly open. Um, not many employees had less than 20 cars on the property. Just a, just a good way to, if somebody yeah. randomly stops in and says, hey, what are y'all doing? We have 20 people on the property. Really, you know, it's not yeah. a big deal. And we're spaced out over 500 acres. So it's when somebody pulls in, they're going, oh, well, that's no problem. And they just turn around and leave. <laughs> and then then when you have a bracket race, um, we had a bracket race this Saturday, the, the VP shootout, as you mentioned, and had a great crowd, um, really didn't have time to advertise it. Um, this, this all kind of came in within about five days of being able to get this out and push to we're at the racetrack running so it was a very good crowd for us at right at 175 entries um for no for a no point race just really just come in here and run your car and, and try to go take home some of that three thousand to win that we had in super pro that's uh that's interesting that you you got that little bit of practice during the week to kind of to feel anything out what uh what were the biggest differences um in holding that race than uh than ones you've done in the past um, in terms of yeah, operational the, side, yeah, the operational side, um, we changed a couple of our things to to touchless, where where racers would go online and purchase their tech cards and their entries instead of pulling up to the door and getting in there. Um, that that really makes a huge help as far as ingress and egress. Just to hey, we're we're able to move people in the in the facility faster. Where in the in the future, you you look at that as a as an employee that works at VDOT, hey, you don't have to worry about a traffic backup anymore. If that yeah. if that program continues to take off and work as it did this past weekend. And then um, whenever we would call our cars to the staging lanes, we would actually, we would put them in one lane and skip the other. So we ran out, we have eight staging lanes. We ran out of one, three, five, and seven. Mm-hmm. So our usual operations were odd number left lane, even number right lane. Well, now it's one's left, three's right, five's left, seven's right. So it was kind of backwards for the racers, but we were able to put employees in the back of the lanes to kind of help that confusion and make it easier on them. And after after one round of time trials, everybody was, was really cool, laid back, had a great time, attitudes were cool. So just knowing that knowing that people were, were excited to be back, everybody was very, very not really on edge, but just, hey, we don't want to mess up. What do we need to do to not get you all in trouble? We want to continue this. We want to con- we want to keep being able to come back and race. So if we had any kind of requests or anything like that, racers followed to the T, and that, that was a, that was very, very helpful. For, for you as, you know, vice president of the, the dragway, what did you, but what was the feeling like though um having a race but looking up in the grandstands and not seeing anybody pretty crazy um that that's the that's the weirdest thing i've ever felt in my life and and it, it's fixed out i kind of have two jobs and i also run a, a traveling racing series and we started last week with that series and it, that one's more of a, a fan-based deal than a set of bracket races and it was wild we were sitting there on the starting line uh, did our normal normal deal for the for the national anthem. All our employees are on the starting line, kind of thing. And you're looking around, going, "There is not a soul here." 
you're supposed to be getting like pumped up, like national anthems playing. You're about to start first round, and it's like there is nobody here. <laughs> now that's that um that thing that this travels the, bra- the bracket thing that travels around. Uh no, it's actually the the PDRA series, the Pro Mod oh, okay. traveling series. Oh okay. So uh the same the same owners of Virginia Motorsports Park, Tommy Franklin, also owns the PDRA racing series. Well, and, I, and I operate both of those for him. I love Pro Mods. <laughs> <laughs> they're fun, aren't they? <laughs> they they yeah, are badass, bad. brother. Oh Lord, it's I funny. love them. Tommy actually won last week, so, so pretty pretty good good opening weekend for him and his uh, Pro Nitrous car. Well, it's you know when you look at what's happening, and uh, it, it it is a kind of a slippery slope to kind of navigate because you want to have fans. Um, you know, there are other tracks in other states that are going. You know, the air quotes going against the governor's. You know, you know statements or restrictions. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I don't. I, you know, I work for Virginia Motor Speedway. And for us, we just don't feel like it's worth the the risk, <laughs> no, <laughs> because the, the, I mean, because let's be honest, the state has your business in their hands, business license, yep, liquor license, sure. EPA. I mean, just as, as much as I'd like to go against their <laughs> go against the grain. Yeah, but I mean, people don't. I don't. You know, I, I know for us how devastating financially it is i know you know we're going to have bill mullis with langley speedway uh on i know how devastating it is for them same thing with south boston we're going to have kathy rice on today Uh, people don't realize no matter even if you don't have racing you still have expenses oh yeah that power bill still shows up (laughs) (laughs) they are proud to put the stamp on that one and send it through the mail let me tell you uh, I haven't seen uh, the power company get, you know, like the insurance companies are giving discounts. <laughs> I, I oh, yeah. I haven't seen the power company do it. <laughs> I haven't either. I've been waiting on it. That thing's going to bounce like a basketball right past my mailbox. I can promise you that. <laughs> uh, you know, what are the plans now? I mean, how do you, uh, how do you, you know, work in this kind of environment? How do you promote a racetrack in this kind of environment? That's really, that's the, the major question. Um, we've all, in the drag racing world, and I say we, um, a lot of the national event facilities, the, the NHRA track, have been on a conference call about once a week. And, and we all have just been, hey, look, this is what we're going to try. Hey, this is what we're thinking. Um, just everybody's just kind of kicking ideas around. And the way that, that we're taking it is we're kind of removing some of our risk events. Right and not really removing them from the schedule, but just moving them to a, a safer spot, so to speak. Um, yes, it's going to be an even bigger, it's going to be a harder scramble at the end of the year, but through through the next couple of months, um, just looking at kind of our schedule that we mocked up last night, actually, we, we've been, it, it's kind of one of those deals that changes daily, but we're really forcing, forcing the hand with competitor-driven events um, ET bracket races, test and tunes. Uh, we've done a lot of auto cross and drift in our parking lot. That that's kind of something that everybody's like, really? You you do that? You're a drag strip. But we've got a huge asphalt parking lot that's untouched on on certain days, and and we rent that out for for auto cross rentals and and drifting. And that's been a great job. That's been a great deal for us because it's a competitor driven deal. Whereas you're not trying to go out and run a 
a PDRA race where you need to put 1,500, 2,000 people in the grandstand to, to make it worthwhile, where you need to be able to open that concession stand to, to really see that profitability come up. Um, we're taking the next couple of months and looking at participant driven bracket races. You know, those got most of your right. bracket races anyway are going to pull in with a grill or a yep. motorhome and a kitchen in it. You know, they're, they're kind of self sufficient on their own. Well, that plays right into this hand. And, and as bad as I hate to say it, that the problem is, is that every drag strip in the country is now playing the same hand of blackjack that you are. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, okay, how far, how deep into this cut are you going to get? Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, we were, it, it's crazy, but like we were running our deal, which was nothing, we were not on a huge money scale. We, we really didn't try to go out and blow a ton of money on it and say, all right, we're going to put 10000 to win or whatever. Um, we just kind of started with a safe, good event, but two hours north of Maryland, there was uh, there were two twenty five thousand to win events on Friday and Saturday, and then two hours south of us at Gallup Motorsports Park in North Carolina, there was two five thousand to win races, and we still had one hundred and seventy five entries. Wow! So we were sitting here going, okay, if both of those races wouldn't happen, we're probably looking at two hundred twenty five entries. Um, that makes it worthwhile um, at the end of the day. Yes. But the fact of not being able to put people in the stands, not being able to open the concession stand, the merchandise trailer, all of those little things that you kind of take for granted. I mean, I did. I'll be honest. I, I took that for granted on a regular weekend before all this happened. It was just like, oh, the merchandise trailer's open. Go, you know, we sold $600 in t-shirts or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now, when after we opened this past weekend, I'm looking at all our our uh, ticketing reports, and I'm like, "Well, where's this? Oh, yeah, we couldn't open that." <laughs> and, and it's like, hmm, "Now what?" So now you have to, and now it gets real tricky as, as far as the business side goes. And going, okay, now is it worthwhile to run a lower purse, lower entry fee event to try and get mass quantity, or is it better to put a car count cap on it? run for big money and charge a higher dollar entry, but then you're relying on people traveling in instead of your local right. crowd that mm-hmm. is going to race with you week in and week out. And that's where a lot of times you have to, to, to look at the most. I mean, you have to look at your local crowd as much as you'd want the big guys to come in. I mean, you really have to, you know, because they're the one, they're, they're the bread and butter for you. Correct. 110%. That That's the, that's the guy that's going to support the racetrack because he wants to see his racetrack still open next year. The the guy that travels from Tennessee because it was a 20000 to win race and I thought it looked good and thought I had a chance, he doesn't care. No. He's got – he's had 10 racetracks on the way to get here. So, uh, with that said, what what can you tell us about what's upcoming at uh, Virginia Motorsports Park uh concretely and maybe what you might uh, be able to do once uh, say phase two phase three gets into uh, into progress yep um looks like 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 i was saying the some participant driven events through the months of june and july um after that in august we're gonna actually fire up our dirt park um in the back we have a, a truck tractor pull mud bog arena yeah um, mud bog. that we're actually going to do a you're going to do a mud bog in the back called the Dirt Flex Nationals on August the 8th. That'll probably really be our first big 
draw for a fan. Um, and you, and you're hoping by like, then you can have fans. Yeah, correct. And, and that was my hope. Was you know you look at it now on on June the eighth and you say okay you're two months away. Truly to goodness by that point we're looking at spectators. Yeah. Um. After that we've got a a couple of uh we got a really big motorcycle event that goes very well, and then September and October at this place are going to be jam packed, full bore wide open. Yeah. Um starting with Labor Day weekend with the, the Street Outlaws No Prep Teams event that airs on Discovery Channel. Now, and, uh, and that's filmed. and that's that's one it. thing about you guys. You guys can race you guys race farther into the season where most ra- short tracks, round tracks kind of stop somewhere in that September early October range. Correct. Yes, we'll run if weather allows us to we run all the way till Thanksgiving weekend. Well, we can't thank you enough, uh, Tyler, for taking some time to visit with us. We, I will tell you this. We're going to lean on you a little bit to, uh, as, as a part of our network uh, to share our stuff to all your people. Yep, for sure. Uh, uh, second, uh, we'd like to interview some of your drivers, Somebody, you know, some, some of the guys that have some great personalities maybe that people might not know of. Uh, we'd like to promote – your your racers and also we don't forget uh, I, we will promote your big events for sure mm-hmm. and if uh, anybody has uh, worked with bracket racers they have personalities oh yeah they do oh <laughs> man they are colorful let me tell you there's some good ones there are some good ones that when you walk they walk in the back door of racing girl you just turn around and go Oh boy! <laughs> What's going to come out of his mouth today? Uh-huh. In fact, we may, you know, if you got two that are going, you know, that are kind of, you know, up against each other, that there's a lot of smack talk, you know, a lot uh-huh. of, you know, a lot of that smack talk. Uh, we might have to get one on and then come on and have the other one on. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. We we definitely are are all about helping as much as we can. You guys do a great job and are doing an awesome job with the Racing Virginia platform, and we greatly appreciate everything you all do for for our sport and in our state. Well, I will tell you this. Um, we, I personally can tell you, I understand where you're at. Um, you know, with Virginia Motor Speedway, our doors are closed, and we are not racing without fans. Um, and uh, uh, you know, so we we totally understand. Brandon understands. I mean, they've lost a race here at Richmond yep. Raceway. Uh, yep. So I mean, we two you, with IndyCar. Yeah, two with IndyCar. Yeah. Um, so. Oh wow! I didn't even think about that. So. Yep. Ooh, we, yeah, we will make sure that uh, we promote your stuff and uh, and your racers. Uh, we can't wait to do more of it, uh, folks. Um, he's Tyler Crossno. You can you can follow um, uh, Virginia Motorsports Park at racevmp.com. That's racevmp.com. They also have a Facebook page, uh, and they uh, they have a lot of social media, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so follow all their social media channels. Um, and let's see. Uh, oh, by the way, I, I'm an operator for your speedway. Did you, did you know that? No. Um, people call Virginia motor speedway all Thank the you. time and asking for the drag racing stuff. So I have, to, I actually have to keep myself up to date of what you guys are doing. <laughs> and I have your phone number, uh, on my wall in front of my phone. Oh, great. So those phone calls come from you. All right. Now I know who who to blame. This is perfect. I've been looking for that person ever since I moved here about two years ago. Mystery solved. Look, I give them the correct information. I don't try to lead them wrong, you know? Uh, All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll be looking for the – 
for the invoice in the mail then. On yeah, then I was going to say, yeah. uh, where's my paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's hey. going, hey, it's going right in the mailbox with the power bill. Um, um, hey, I appreciate that. Thank you, bud. Hey, <laughs> folks, he is Tyler Crossno. Uh, we will definitely have him on again, especially when we have the big events. Uh, but uh, make sure you uh, visit uh, uh, racevmp.com. And when the fans are allowed back in, make sure you, you support the drag strip for sure. And the mud bog facility, because I love, you know, the Virginia Mercer Speedway, we do mud bogs too, by the way, Tyler. So, you know, That's right. um, thanks again, man, for being with us. Thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good day. You too, buddy. See ya. Man, what a great guy. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a damn good interview. And uh, you learned, like, if you didn't know anything about a how a drag strip run, yeah. you learned a lot just by sitting here and listening to that because it, a, lot, a lot of things you never would even think about that went into putting that event on. All of that, you know, stuff. The, the worst thing about the whole, you know, is that you know, you 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 know, with these interviews, we kind of schedule a ten minute time limit. Yeah. Oh, man, when you get somebody that does such a, he's mm -hmm. such a good um, orator. I mean, he mm -hmm. talks. He he, you can tell in his voice that he loves the sport. You know, we go from one promoter uh -huh. to another. Wow. <laughs> uh, this is the promoter rate. This is the promoter show today. The, the promoter, promoter podcast. Yeah, yeah, the promoter podcast. Um, she is, she's, I, I can call her a great friend because I actually worked for, with her for 10 years. Wow. You know, all these people. I do. I, I've been around the, uh, I've worked, uh, asphalt stuff. I've worked, um, uh, now I'm working in the dirt stuff. I've mm -hmm. been over to the drag strips. Uh, been a little You're bit. You're the everywhere. operator for Virginia Motorsports Park. <sighs> yeah, I'm the <laughs> operator. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she is the general manager of South Boston Speedway, and she is Miss Kathy Rice. How you doing, Kathy? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. And uh, we also have the the public re relations director, my old buddy Joe Chandler. What's up, Joe? Hey, good morning, Dave. It's uh, good to talk to you this morning. You too. Uh, you got a good job now. No question. <laughs> uh, first of all, Kathy, uh, thank you for taking some time out to be with us. I know you're super busy, um, but you guys uh, put out another uh, press release and another statement on your social media that uh, you were going to have to hold off on racing and that, like many of the tracks, like Virginia Motor Speedway, like Langley Speedway, you will not race without fans. That's right, Dave. And, you know, it's only fair to your competitors, not only the fans, but the competitors, too, because, I mean, I've heard so many get out of the car and just tears would be in the eyes and say, you know, it's not the same. We don't have the fans here cheering us on. So you're right. Without the fans and competitors, you know, we wouldn't have a racetrack. No, and, and it's, it's challenging times. Um, you know, this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the coronavirus, um, how have you guys – been able to navigate and you know what are you guys doing right now i mean you can't you're not racing this is i mean you'd normally be racing just about every saturday night that's right uh what we're doing right now which we you know we work 12 months a year and we take off a few weeks and some of us are taking off here and there and doing other things but we are still here at the office working we're hosting practices and now that we're in phase two up to we can have 50 people so we've kind of opened that up some so we you know we have testing just about every day during the week and trying to trying to stay busy and of course now it's just like starting all over once yeah. this phase three comes out hope we open it to the um to the public and all that we can you know revise our schedule and maybe look at some other dates and 
basically get started and we're ready. I mean, if they yeah. said we could go racing this Saturday, we'd be racing Saturday. You know, the one thing about this is that we don't really know what phase three, I mean, there, mm-hmm. there has been nothing kind of leaked. Uh, he hasn't mentioned what phase three, I mean, does phase three mean everything opens up completely or are there going to still be restrictions? So, I mean, you're, you're in the same boat, everybody, uh, all of us are. I mean, Bill Mullis is going to be on later. I know you guys, are, you two are really close. Um, it, it's difficult because you, you really don't know how to, you know, set up the season or, 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 or be ready. How do I be ready? I mean, the, the facility's ready, but how, you know, you know that, I know that you guys, you guys are, are, are straight up great. Um, when he says you can race, probably the next week you'll race. Exactly. That's right, Dave. We must have lost Kathy Rice and Joe Chandler. We can't thank them enough for being on our show, and you will hear more about South Boston Speedway over the coming weeks. We're going to go back into the short track. We're going to talk with a driver who uh, really kind of restarted. I mean, he started 2020 where he finished 2019. And first time that he's ever been on the show, he is the 2019 Dominion Raceway Track Champion, and he won this past weekend in Dominion. He is from Chesapeake, Virginia, but now living in Greenville, North Carolina. He is Chris Humlet. How you doing, Chris? Uh, not too bad. How are you, sir? Good, man. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Started off where oh, you finished. You. Yes, sir. Uh, what? What? Uh, first thing I gotta uh, say is, um, you know, a lot of people don't get the chance to race with or against their father. You do that each and every week, and and the two of you are just—it's uh, one-two almost every week. Yeah, you know, you you win or he wins. Uh, what's that experience like? Uh, it, it's been—it's a thrill, I guess you can say. Dad's favorite thing to say is the. The weekend that my first win at South Boston, he gets passed for the lead, comes to find out it was me, and, and you know, we take the checkered. Yes, he's uh, upset that he lost, but at the same time, you know, you get the thrill of my win, my first win, we win together. Uh, it, it's kind of something like no other. You, yeah, you know, you go out there to race everybody, but we kind of have our own, you know, you, you, we want to beat each other just as badly as we want to beat, if not more, than beating us, the other uh, drivers with us. Yeah, I can only imagine what the conversations are like uh, at, uh, at the dinner following <laughs> following a, a a win or a, or a loss. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> if we both uh, you know come up a little bit short, the conversations are a little bit better, or you know maybe not as as tense. Possibly like uh, past Saturday, where you know I picked him off on the lap car there. <laughs> uh, you know the ride home was a little bit uh, a little bit quiet for a little while. I was gonna say when you guys finish one two, uh, who's the worst loser? Probably me. <laughs> Probably me. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think anymore. I've, I've just got that that drive. Yeah. I always, you know, let's, let's use Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. It's <laughs> a way to be. Um, give us a little quick, uh, a brief history of how you got into racing and, and how you got to where you are now. Uh, I mean, I've been around racing my whole life. Your dad was running dirt and asphalt, and that's just kind of like, all I do. I like do the is, running dirt stuff now. Oh, yeah. Well, we've, we've both come back into that now. We've got a dirt car we run, too. Oh, um, cool. We just, he, him and Tommy had bought a new car, a new modified, and we had one, his old car sitting in the shop, and it kind of started where, at Langley, you know, we'd tow it out there and 
I'd start in park, you know, run a five, six laps, more or less till I got lapped the first time and then pulled down. And that kind of went from five and six laps on up to, you know, half a race and then on a qualifying and eventually to where we, you know, started setting, actually setting up the car and putting in effort. And now we, you know, went out and bought a new car and built, got Tony to build us a new car and kind of where it led us to today. Um, you, you, you piqued my interest because I work at Virginia Motor Speedway. Um, uh, what, what is it? A modified dirt car? Uh, Super Street. Super Street. Okay. All right. Where do you, where you, where do you race that? Uh, Dixieland. Ah, Friday nights at Dixieland. That's right. Run Friday night at Dixieland and Saturday at Dominion or wherever. <laughs> well, that's, uh, how, how different is it for you? Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that can't make the transition from dirt to asphalt, um, uh, how difficult is it for you? And what does, because uh, I know what some answers are, are for me from other drivers, uh, so I want to know from you, uh, what what does running dirt do to help your asphalt racing? To start, the, the, it was a learning curve for me, I guess, that to trust the car as through the corner. Um, you know, I, I, some people, I talked to talk somebody Saturday who runs their, that ran, went to asphalt, he said he felt like he had less control on asphalt, where I feel vice versa. I think on dirt, I'm kind of long for the ride more than I am in my modified. Um, but as far as running dirt and what it's helped me do, I think it's definitely helped me. I'm getting better at driving a loose car, where I, I used to be, uh, I'd say, a little bit more hesitant running a loose car with the rear end hung out beside me, where I've definitely now began to be able to trust it and, and I guess, trust my ability and what I can save and when I know it's going to be too much. Uh, let's be honest. Loose is fast. It is. <laughs> that that uh, right there, that brink of out of control. Yeah, a little bit, a little Better bit harder falling. to get that. Well, it's a little bit harder to get on asphalt to get that car to yeah. turn when it's tight going in the corner. Um, you oh, know, absolutely. The, just wow, like a dump truck. Yeah, the one thing yeah. about dirt is that you take it in there, you burp mm-hmm. the gas, and then you're back in it. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Which for for asphalt racing can be a little bit. Uh, of a d- difficult transition because you usually wait till about the middle of the corner to get back in the gas. But if you're loose, you might be able to get in a little bit sooner. Right. I guess that's kind of been my, which at Dominion, you know, it's kind of helped me be able to trust the car where now I'm, I'm trying to get into the throttle a little bit sooner than I normally would, you know, especially with running Friday night. I'm, you know, you jump in the throttle with both feet. There's a car, car sitting in the corner and start aiming it back down the street again. Now, for you, um, with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and the coronavirus and the restrictions with no fans, what was it like for you this past weekend at Dominion to race in front of no fans? Uh, I mean, I guess like everybody says, you know, it just doesn't quite feel the same. Almost, you know, like a, a practice or a scrimmage, if you would. Doesn't quite set home. You know, you're sitting there in victory lane, and the only 12 people are yelling are the 12 you brought with you. <laughs> yeah, they, and that's true i mean yeah. it's it's got to be a different feeling because everybody likes to run in front of fans right now it's you know i guess that's why it's what we want to do you know we have the love for the race but at the same time it's, it's, we're there to put on a show uh, and I, I think it's been mm-hmm. it was an adjustment you know nobody there you know, nobody yeah. For you, what um, what makes it what what makes you and your dad so good at Dominion? Because I mean, last year of the nine races, or what I mean, of the uh, thirteen races, you won not between the two of you, won nine of them. I I think last year we just stumbled on 
you know, a setup between Tony with the chassis and, you know, experiment, you know, he's throwing new things at it. And even over the winter, doing getting, throwing new things this year. That dad's car owner and our motor builder, you know, he's just been working really hard on our engine game and just kind of, I guess everything's falling into place for us and had pretty good luck. Well, right now, uh, folks, you can see um, Chris at uh, Dixieland on Friday night, which is in Elizabeth Dixieland. City, North Carolina. And, uh, and then right now at Dominion, because a lot of the other tracks aren't racing without fans, so that's about the only place that you have to go to uh, on a Saturday night. Right. I bought my old car. I'm going to try some new setups again. Like I said, everything. He's got a whole new basket of ideas, so we're going to throw that on our backup car. And if schedule allows and we can get some funding, we'll try go back out to Langley and, and run there some as well. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Man, what a uh, what a cool kid. Um, and and like and it's weird because I talk to a lot of guys. Um, you know, you don't normally get to race against your father. Usually, if you're in that kind of position, mm-hmm. you're taking over the um, you're taking over the seat usually for right. your dad. Your dad's out, you're in. Yeah. Um. So, um. You know that that's just a it's a weird. You know, that's got to be a great feeling. Yeah. You know, to be able to compete with it. Now, granted, sitting at the dinner table with dad and him saying, <laughs> you know, and you you beat him on the last thing or you had to give him a little, you know, a little a little rub rub. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, but hey, I, I've heard a lot of folks say they'd spend their mom out for 10 grand. I guarantee you Chris would spend his yeah. dad out for 10 grand. Absolutely. Uh our ne- our next guest uh, I know very well because he has um he has raced every he's out of Appomattox Virginia he's ra- he's the only driver to actually race at every pro late model race at Virginia Motor Speedway from the very beginning when we mixed him in with the limited late models he's he's made every race at Virginia Motor Speedway uh, he uh, picked up his uh, first win of the year at Elkins Raceway in Karen's West Virginia. Uh, he is a driver of the number seven A A and A contractors A, uh, SVH Motorsports Carlisle Carlisle Auctions Ditch Witch of Virginia Longhorn. <laughs> when, look when, when you're when you're a dirt racer, you got all yeah, kinds of cool you, stuff. You you really you just really impressed me with the the round of sponsors that you could <laughs> just spit out so quickly. You, you get used to it. Of course, he is Corey Allman. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good, man. I know you're working, and uh, you, you're kind of taking some time out of your, your very busy work schedule, so we'll make this quick. Um, first of all, uh, congratulations on your win at Elkins. I appreciate it. Thank you. Been needing to get that out the way. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, that first win is always the most elusive. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, normally they come a little bit easier after that. Um, you know, we've asked all the drivers that have, that have come on, um, for you, what is it like, um, haven't, you know, for you, you raced out of the state and some of those states are allowing fans. Um, but, uh, what, what's it been like for you because of this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, uh, and how you decide where you race and where you go here lately, man, we're just trying to go as race as much as we can where it allows us to and far as i mean far as not racing with the fans you know it, it sucks not having them there but 
far as taking away from how tense it is and stuff like that, it, it don't take away from that. It's, it's different not having fans there, but, uh, I mean, it's still going to race regardless. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, for you last year, um, you finished second in points, and, and it was by only a couple of points. Um, you and uh, Justin Williams went, you know, you kind of uh, went back and forth in the points. You led, he led, you led, he led. Um, and in that last race, um, just coming up, I think it was one spot short, to be honest with you. Yes, sir. Yep. One yep. spot short of winning a championship. Um, you know, after having some time to digest that, is it sunk in and just like, oh, or that, you know, it's like, what could I have done? You always think back, twenty. you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, But, uh, you know, you think back, I'm, I think you had one race that you had an issue with, and, and if he wouldn't have had an issue, he probably would have won championship. Yeah. Man, we had that one, one race where our motor went bad, and luckily Walker was nice enough to let me use one of his cars and, and just not being comfortable and stuff in it. We ended up qualifying fifth, which where getting the qualifying points meant a whole lot to me and Justin, whichever way it went. And that, I mean – if it, I feel like if it weren't for that, you know, we would have had a better chance. And But, I mean, Justin, he had a tough night, first night out. So, yep. you know, if things would have went different for him, too, it could have been either way. Yeah, you know, with this um, coronavirus stuff, what are, you, what are your plans and what are your goals for this year? Just race as much as we can and and win the races. Right now, I mean, it, there's no points thing going on right now. I, I don't – I mean – if fast track opens up and, you know, starts racing for some points, I'm sure we'll do that. Uh, you know, we was hoping to be able to come back to Virginia Motor this year, but, you know, with this, this COVID stuff, it's kind of put a damper on stuff right now. So just kind of playing it by ear right now, honestly. Uh, you know, um, you guys do a great job with your sponsors and, and getting them. When, when you got something like this, it's tough because I don't know about you, but some of the other drivers that I've talked to, a lot of their small businesses have had to um, kind of back out of sponsoring them and, and, and supporting them this year. Have you had to deal with that this year? No, luck, luckily enough that, you know, the, the, a lot of the people who are behind me are, you know, they're, they're bigger companies or, you know, I mean, they're, they're kind of set in stone. They're not going nowhere. They can, you know, handle it up hardship like this and they've they've stuck behind me and you know and I, I appreciate everything they do for me and you know but I know there's a whole lot of other people that's struggling with that right now, you know, these smaller businesses, but just luckily a lot a lot of my sponsors, well all of them so far hadn't, you know, shied away from me and they're just waiting till we can get back racing full time again. What's your plans for this uh this coming weekend? I think we're gonna go to to Dixieland on Friday night. And then probably Elkins, West Virginia again on Saturday. Okay. Well, I know you're busy and, um, I, you know, uh, he works really hard at Miller piping. I'm telling you, he's, uh, they do a lot of, uh, underground work for gas lines and stuff like that. So he's an important guy. Um, but, uh, so we want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with, uh, with us, buddy. And, and, uh, want to wish you good luck this weekend. And we know we'll talk to you again sometime this year. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And, uh, thank everything for y'all do and stuff. Hopefully we can get back racing soon. He is from Appomattox, Virginia. He is Corey Allman.
Uh, driver there, number 7A Longhorn. You can see him hopefully at a – if you go to Dixieland on Friday, mm -hmm. you'll see him there and, of course, in uh, West Virginia at Elkins. But uh, he – you know, this is just um, – it's unprecedented uh, times. It really is. Uh, you know, how do we – how do we make this work, you know? And it's it's interesting to hear how uh, how different people are handling it a little bit different. We were talking to Thug Nasty last week, and he was, yeah. you know, he, he seemed really, really emotionally invested in the fans not being there. Some yeah. drivers really, really feed off of that, and others kind of get in their zone, and they do their own yeah. thing without it. So it's, uh, it's interesting to hear how um, everybody's handling it a little bit differently. Well, last week we checked up with uh, – our buddy Vaughn Crittenden, yeah, and uh, with him being the uh, new promoter of mm -hmm. Langley Speedway, and having as soon as he walked, you know, I think it's his fault. There's coronavirus because he, as <laughs> soon as he walks in to the position at yeah. Langley, uh, then uh, we we end up having uh, the the, the yeah. virus. I think we'll finish off this week <laughs> with the owner of uh, Larry King Law's Langley Speedway, uh, Mister. Bill Mullis. How you doing, Bill? Hey, Dave. How are y'all doing? Doing good. How you doing, man? I don't know. That depends on what subject we're on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in some areas of my life, I'm doing great. In other areas, it's pretty pitiful, I'll be honest with you. Let's start with the good first. <laughs> well, well, his, his yeah, he's got great seafood. Okay. He, he goes out and catches great seafood. That's perfect. <laughs> I'm hungry already. He, he's having, uh, what do you do? What, scallops and oysters? And what else do you do, Bill? We've got uh, my son-in-law, actually, and daughter have an oyster business. They're just starting. We've got uh, 200 acres of oyster grind. We've been planting seed oysters all winter long. Yep. And now we're going to turn around and start harvesting some over there. They are. And that's. You know, base that of B and C, my dock, and then what we're we fish for scallops, and uh, a lot of our activities out in New England. So most of the time, I might have more boats in Massachusetts than Virginia. Yeah, but uh, I've got six six offshore scallopers, and my buddy Charlie O's got two. So we've got eight boats in the fleet, and then uh, Don Fernandez, he's based really out of Florida, but he's got three boats up here and been up here for years and years, and he sells to us in Virginia. So We've got 11 offshore scallopers that we deal with, and then uh, we sell lobster tails, snow crab legs, fish fillets, <laughs> shrimp, you know, a little bit of everything. We we dabble around. Brandon's so, having a heart attack over here. I'm, I'm wondering. Uh, we can talk offline about how I can get my hands on some of that. I'll, I'll bring some to you, Brandon. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm going to have to bring Brandon some seafood. Yeah, um, before before we talk about Langley Speedway, um, let's talk about you jumped in a race car for the first time in what, thirteen years? Thirteen years, yeah. Yep. Last time I was in a car, uh, I was in a Pro Six car at Langley Speedway, and I qualified on the pole and led every lap until my uh, hind joint pulled out of my upper link in the rear end, and the rear end rotated, and the drive shaft came in the car. And uh, went through my arm, so it was really it really was ugly, and uh, it tore my arm in two and broke both bones in both places, and all my muscles and tendons were destroyed. And uh, the worst part was I had I think five surgeries, but the work the first one was a skin graft <laughs> to fix this yeah. big hole. So they put skin on it, and I walked around for a couple of months while my skin was healing with all that broken up stuff in my arms. So it was pretty painful, and. Uh, then I had uh, two surgeries to do bone repair, 
And then they came behind that with two more to work on muscles and tendons to try to get my hand working. So they were pretty successful, but it was uh, 13 years ago in May at Langley Speedway. I got hurt pretty bad, and probably, I mean, if I had that hadn't happened, I might not have ever been involved in Langley the way I was. You know, the track kind of got in trouble, and I loaned the guy running it some money one year, me and James Long, and, you know, then the next year needed money again, and I wouldn't really, I can't, I can't blame it on pain pills that I was not thinking right when I got involved. <laughs> but uh, the next next time they need a lot of money, I told them, no, the only way I can dump any more money in this thing is I'm going to have to run it, you know, because you just can't pour, keep pouring money behind right. something. Yep, so it'd been 13 years for me. I'd run some go-kart races, you know, the leeches had built the cart for me, and I ran some four-cycle races, you know, and stock-heavy and stuff like that. And, I'd run the two-cycle cart a little bit, which scared scared me a lot. And uh, But I never really raced anything with power. So this dirt late model is a very wild ride for me, as you can imagine. And uh, I'd only been in the car twice before this past uh, weekend, on before Friday night at Dixieland. But I grew up with the Hubbards on Gwens yep. Island, where we grew up. I was he, – he's passed away, but uh, he was – the middle brother, you know, Greg Fuzzy, as you know, he raced yep. a lot. And uh, he's, he's been gone about it. He was gone a year this past Friday uh, since we lost him. And then uh, Keith and young, uh, was Fuzzy, Michael, Keith, and Bubba. And a lot of people think that Billy that drives now is Bubba's brother or something, but Bubba is his uncle. That's, yeah. that's great fun, you know. So, Keith and I were the same age and, you know, grew up around each other. So I've known them my entire life. And, you know, I follow their dirt racing and I've done some stuff with them, sponsor them some with some tires and, and help them if I can. And that's been going on a few years. And they always offer me to ride in the car, but I didn't, didn't want to tear Billy's car up. You know, <laughs> that's what happened. And so I kept telling Bubba, I said, you know, I might try that. I said, why don't you look for a car? So we didn't rush, but we, we looked around, and, and Bubba found me a car down in Georgia, and it was a beautiful piece. It's a Longhorn, and uh, him and Billy went down there. I wired the guy the money. They went down there and bought it for me and brought it home. So I ended up with a, a dirt late model, and first time I got in at Dixieland and scared to go sideways, I'm like, what in the world am I doing? You know? <laughs> wow, it's, it's a wild ride, and I'd only been in the car for two practices, and probably not under the best conditions. I did get one one track condition that was pretty good. I started feeling better in it the first time. And I don't think I'd gained anything the first day I was in the car except I got scared and uh, was wondering if I'd ever be able to drive it. And then the second time in it, I got a little more confident. I rode down there with Billy, and he was telling me how what I really need to focus on that day. And I got a little more confident. And then I jumped in it, and believe it or not, qualified. When was the first one out to qualify. You know, I draw two to qualify. So the pill was, you know, was the first guy to qualify. So I went out and qualified on the slick track and was all over the place. But I was only a couple of seconds off, so I didn't feel that bad. I'm like, wow, I'm only a couple of seconds off, you know. But uh, I rode in the rear at Dixieland, and I honestly had the time of my life. I had a blast. And, uh, I, I got mentioned because I made two cautions all by myself down there at the bottom of turn four where I spun around and parked it, you know. So 
I said, I, oh, I'll, I'll get mentioned tonight, you know, when, when I get my own personal cautions. But, uh, <laughs> and I didn't know how my stamina would be. I'm pretty darn old. And, uh, I was I'd be winded or anything, but I felt great in the car. And, uh, you know, I finished the race and the car's not scratched at all. And, and uh, of course, it's pretty easy to stay out of trouble in the back. But I'm talking about the complete back. You know, I did pass a couple of times, but on restarts, I just started in the rear again. And, uh, when I pulled in the pits, I, I swear I was like a kid with a big Christmas. I was just yeah. running there to clear. I, I had a really great time, you know, just, just driving and riding in the car and trying to feel my way around. And then we're going back this Friday. They got a 40 lapper down there. And I was just talking to Bubba Hubbard on the phone a few minutes ago. And I told him 40 laps ought to give me some good seat time, you know. So I'm, I'm just enjoying being with Hubbard. has been with him all my life and the great race family and, you can't get a better crew chief, you know, for dirt racing than Bubba. Yep. And uh, all I have to do is drive. And then I'm trying to learn, you know, tonight we'll go work on the cars in the shop and, uh, you know, do maintenance for Friday and stuff. So I'm trying to participate, not just show up, you know, on race day like some prima donna, but I'm trying to go up <laughs> to the shop, you know, put, put some time in up there in the shop with Bubba and try to help out really be part of the team. You know, I did tell your um... – uh, your your staff uh, at uh, Langley because they were, I think they were get, get, you know joking with you on Twitter about spinning. I'm like, well, you better better watch how you talk to the boss. Yeah, and I'm not. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I stay so busy I ain't been on there lately. So I didn't know. See, stuff goes on behind my back. I don't <laughs> you and Brandon have got to look out for me and tell me, hey, you know, Bill, you might need to text me and say they're talking about you and it's not real nice. Yeah. Well, I, am the I am the Twitter guy, so hey. I guess I'll take it on bomb myself to do that hey. for you. I did, I did take up for you now. You did good. Yeah, you all need to defend me a little bit and say, well, God, he can barely see, you know, and he did spend by himself and he didn't hit the wall, so he did pretty good, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, let's talk about uh, uh, Langley Speedway. Uh, first of all, uh, you brought, you brought uh, uh, Vaughn Crittenden in as the, the new promoter. Um, uh, Chuck Hall's kind of taking another um, position in the, in the company. Uh, talk a little bit about bringing Vaughn on. Well, Vaughn, Vaughn and I have got a very long history. He was one of my go-kart kids, and I was his crew chief kart racing for years and years. And, uh, and you know, you know, as well as I do, he's got a tremendous amount of talent and Chuck's had some health issues and, you know, and I'm not a spring chicken. So Chuck and I are kind of looking for the future for that place. And, you know, what happens if something happens to Chuck? What happens if something happens to me? So Chuck and I are trying to answer those questions by bringing in somebody like Vaughn that's talented. He understands that place. He grew up around there with me in the, in the cart and uh, helping me with stuff I race, new cars and trucks and stuff we played with on Saturday night. So really after his stint in Richmond, he seemed like a perfect fit. And I didn't think he would do it. So, you know, we talked to him and he thought about it. We kept talking back and forth. And finally we got brave enough, all of us, including Vaughn, because it was a big step for him as well. Mm -hmm. We we pulled the trigger and there he is and uh, what an unfortunate deal, you know about where where we're stuck right now with this situation yeah. that the track we're in. It's uh it's terrible because I I really don't want to race without fans. They're 
I think it sends the wrong message. They're very important. They're the backbone of the place. And I don't know how to race without them. You know, what what kind of sponsor are you going to get that wants to sponsor a race yep. with no fans? And uh, it takes all the numbers, front gate, back gate, sponsors. You all know it does. It takes everything to make a short track like that operate. So, you know, I was, I'm just kind of holding on, hoping that we would get open. I would thought we would be now under 50% capacity, which Vaughn and I were actually excited last week when they made an announcement. And then Vaughn called Richmond for clarification, and we found out that racetracks got their own little special box we've been put in. Page seven. And, uh, <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't look very pretty to me. You know no. what I mean? I don't I need a timeline. You know, I've got a business mm-hmm. down here, and I really I pay a lot of taxes, more than most people, okay? Not bragging, but I pay a tremendous amount of state tax, and uh, I sent a huge, huge check off, six digits, uh, not too long ago. And, you know, I, as a taxpayer, I think I deserve to know what the plan is to run a business like that that has a city behind it, it's got a whole race community behind it with the cars and the effort there, and it's got a huge fan base. And I just feel like as a tax-paying business person yeah. that's invested heavily in the state of Virginia that, uh, you know, why in the world can't I at least know when my business is going to open so I can plan on how to keep funding it with nothing coming in and, and how long I got to bridge that gap. And I mean, it's like my fishing operation. I've got a multi million dollar fishing operation. You know, we, I don't say this often, but I'm going to put it out there. I did 14 and a half million in sales last year. I don't have to do that in the state of Virginia. Right. I can move to New Jersey and be closer to the fishing grounds. I can go up Massachusetts and Fairhaven where I cut my teeth and keep the fleet half the time anyway. But I'm down here supporting the state and I, I just feel like I've got the right to know a little more about where these racetracks stand with the virus and i've got empathy you know i'm not being saying that i don't understand the virus and what happened and i'm very sorry for the people that's lost their lives but when i see other businesses open and even during you know the pandemic when the height of it i did one facebook video when i got mad at lowe's one saturday morning and i'm not knocking on lowe's or or walmart but they were open Yep. Nobody had an ass. There were 900,000 people there. Somebody jumped on me about that. and Somebody else defended it. Like, you know, I mean, the yep. parking lot, was we actually had to ride around to find the spot. And everybody's wide open, but the racetracks aren't open. And then Dixieland, we were packed down there Friday night. Yep. The car came high. It was probably it was the biggest attendance I'd ever seen there in my life. And, uh, you know, Red does a great job down there. He loves the racers, loves, loves what he does. And, you know, I I was just so happy for him, but you know, in the car I'm thinking, Wow, you know, I got a track you can literally ride there in fifty minutes, forty five, fifty minutes. You can drive from Dixieland to Langley and I got a track up here that's shuttered. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got the same announcer, the uh, Brian White that announces yep. down there, announces for us and uh the flag man at Dixieland is my car club race director, Chris Bechtel. So we even share some staff and uh I'm thinking, this is crazy, you know. I, this place is 45 minutes from me, but where I'm at, my track's condemned, but, you know, and I don't want them to shut Dixieland down. I want them to open language. So. Yeah, the, and I don't know what, you know, why it's happening. Uh, you know, we got our own, uh, we got our own page. 
you know, yeah. we're, we're kind of uh, wrapped in there with um, uh, uh, amusement parks. They can't have it. They can't even open. Um, but uh, the, the the big thing that for me is I'm wondering if our state officials are looking at some of the other states where they, you know, they're supposed to have social distancing and also supposed to be wearing masks and, and there is no social distancing and no mask. I'm just warning in my head, is that, does it, is that hurting us? I don't know, you know, and it's, it's a real tough situation. Politics in a whole very tough these days. And, uh, there's a lot of issues there. There's a lot of human nature involved. I don't care what anybody says. I know it from fishery management. There's people that don't like things and yep. they're against it and they'll, they will do things to hurt it. And it's human nature. And it's something we deal with every day. You know, who likes this and who doesn't like that. And, uh, I'm not in racing to make people happy and sad. I'm in it because it's a big sport and there's a lot of people that do love it and there's cities behind it. So, I don't know. It's a really odd situation we're in to be singled out, but I don't know how it's defendable. And uh, y'all might not know this, but I've worked for a lot of law firms for a lot of years writing opinions on federal court cases, and I'm very good at factual findings. And I don't make up fiction when I look at situations. I look at absolute facts. And the facts are there's many businesses around that are open. There's a lot of people that are supposed to be wearing, if they're supposed to be wearing masks, they're not. And we have other businesses that are totally closed. So I would love to debate with somebody or get a reasonable answer that makes logical sense. Why is it a racetrack can't open at all, but other things are? I do not understand that for the life of me. And is it like, is going to a racetrack some sin? Is that entertainment? Is something we can't be privileged of right now? Well, people can go to Lowe's and buy flowers and plant them. Maybe that's entertainment. And it was for me a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, went and bought some flowers and planted them around the house because there's nothing else we could do to, to enjoy anything. And, you know, to me, there's some discrimination here. And I'd like to get somebody smart enough that thinks they're smart enough that can debate this with me publicly and give me a logical, reasonable answer of what the difference is between Langley Speedway and the amount of people that'll pass through the doors of two big box stores in two days on the same weekend in the same area. So I've got some very good questions to ask that I don't think can be answered right. You know, and I you know, I hate to say it, but I'm in defense of racing, guys, which I'll probably be. You know, I, I want to see everybody go back racing. Well, it, it, it's, it, is the, it is unfortunately a terrible, terrible situation we're in because, I mean, if you wait too long, you're almost at the end of, uh, you know, end of um, – the, the season, you know, and yeah, well, competitors. I'm at the end of because yeah. it's so short, it's over when it starts to begin with. Y'all know that. Yep. We open the dates up first part of April and start racing. Next thing you know, you're standing there and it's the end of August and you're like, where'd the season go? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's over when it starts for me. And particularly this time of year, when you hit July and you're not racing, you've got a huge problem. You know, you really do. You know, the worst year I ever had at Langley, I think I had what? 
five. I might have had six rain outs yeah. or whatever yeah. and it was the year before last. And uh, five of them were in the heart of the season. And that, tra- that track, the heart of the season is June, July, and August. And honestly, it's from the beginning of June till the middle of August. And then school starts starting back in places. So we've got a very short season of the best performance. And we're eating into that one Saturday at a time. I see it going out the, the window. And unlike other businesses that have 365 days a year to operate or, you know, five days a week or whatever the numbers are, you know, we've only got so many income opportunity days. It's 20-some yep. out of 365. When you start losing them, the percentage rates rates of loss are huge. Just just the math. It's really crazy. Yeah, and then you start, you know, how do you recoup uh, competitor insurance? You know, that people don't realize how expensive that is. No, I don't think it's going to be recouped. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, the whole the whole shoot match. I mean, you know, it's uh, on the big thing. You know, NASCAR's in limbo. They're racing without fans, but it's not it's not the race model that that, that was designed behind. You all know that. Yeah. Uh, they're not racing the way they want to. Uh, fans want to be there. A lot of people want to be there live and uh, want to see it. And I did get to go to Daytona this year before all this started. And I went to Daytona and came back, and we had a day of destruction at Langley, and that was it. That's the only race I've seen till Dixieland Friday night. Yep. But, uh, you know, at least, you know, NASCAR's on TV. Yep, I do applaud that effort. You know, I think that's a really cool thing they're doing. That at least we can watch racing. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and it's real. And and they're they're moving forward. But boy, what a trying time for everybody. Well, we know you're super super busy, and we can't thank you enough for taking the time to uh, visit with us. And uh, uh, man, we just hope things uh, open up quickly so you, you guys can get back to racing. Yeah, we hope so too. I'm sorry I got on the soapbox there, but it is is what it is. You know, we're ready to go racing, and uh, we appreciate what you guys are doing there, folks. He is uh, Bill Mullis, the uh, owner of Larry King Law's uh, Langley Speedway, and um, uh, you can catch them at Langley dot Langley Speedway dot com and all their social media. Obviously, our buddy Vaughn, he's the one that handles all that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, social media stuff, uh, by the way, if you want to know schedules, and it's hard because there's really nobody racing, yeah. Uh, but we do have a schedule page on our, our Racing Virginia uh, website, and it is, and it is a great um, lo- uh, location to go to see all the schedules uh, kind of compared, you know, down. You, you, uh, you could say, like, for June 8th, like today, yeah. if there was races, you'd see – five or six races you can yeah. pick which one you want to go to on race day it's it's a perfect place if you're trying to map out uh as a fan map out where you want to go and what you want to see and kind of diversify what you yeah. want to see nice place to go well um another another place to go is our social media channels yeah at, at racing virginia on uh twitter and uh instagram and uh, if you go to facebook and just search racing virginia yeah. pops right up it's still a um, kind of, we still use that at racing at virginia racing for facebook virginia by the way if if you haven't um gone to our facebook page and liked it or followed us please do so um that's where you'll see a lot of our content kind of redirecting you back to certain places we are working on having 
uh, the podcast, this podcast, on all the major um, podcasting um, uh, sites, Spotify, mm-hmm. Google, um, iTunes, iTunes, all that good all stuff. Of it. Um, so just uh, make sure you, you follow it, and we look forward to uh, next week's show. Uh, we can't thank you enough for tuning in, and as always, we want to remind you, keep racing, Virginia.